Bye, everyone. We Just should really it's... have like theme music once we have guests <laughs> on that like plays in the background. Totally. Yeah. Or we could give Jess the option to create her own theme music right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I would just play any Lizzo song. Just burst oh, of go. confetti. All right. <laughs> we can make that happen. I, I can make some calls. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we are international. Well, if, you get, if you guys don't know Jess Chow, Jess is uh, an awesome person. Has, happens to be a part of our sanctuary community. And... Uh, yeah, she's just amazing. I'm so glad you're here with us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So, uh, be honest with us. What is your favorite podcast to listen to? I actually don't listen to podcasts. So this is the first one that I have dialed into. Wow. Wow. Curveball. <laughs> you got, you got into podcasts just because of us. I would have pegged you to be a podcast person. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. You know, I actually don't, I don't know why. I just, it's hard for me to get into them. But I think after that beard episode where y'all talked about beard (laughs) care for like 20 minutes, that just really converted me. I learned so much. I'm hooked. That's so great because I feel like I felt bad during that conversation. Uh, I didn't feel like you were the target audience for for it. Hey, it's quarantine time. Anything goes. Totally. Well, it, it does make sense because, uh, like, one of my favorite things to listen to, like documentaries, podcasts, whatever it is, is stuff that, like, I have no clue about. So it makes sense. It's, it's intriguing. So uh, I'm really excited. We've been playing this game with our, our new guests the past few weeks, and it's a game that Mark and I devised ourselves. We made it up. Mm-hmm. Made it up mm-hmm. just for this podcast. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Perfect. We need some theme music for that. We do. I'm also unstumpable, by the way. <laughs> uh, so far, I've gotten everything right. So I know your, do your uh, best, record Jess. is pretty great, yeah? <laughs> Outstanding uh, record. <laughs> Ironically, if you guys haven't listened to the past couple episodes, Mark is 0-2. I've been keeping record. I wasn't going to keep record. But the unstumpable one is, <laughs> yeah, hasn't got one right yet. And before we play this game, just a quick shout out to my kids who are who are making so much noise right now great. that I that I can't even focus. Well, it's great for you, man. <sighs> yeah, it's just like, nice and silent over here. And you know, if I want to take a nap, I can. In silence. Being so close to him, it's not just the noise. Like I can feel the vibrations. Like my chairs are my chairs vibrating. <laughs> That's funny. They found a way to be with you. That's true. That's true. Okay, Jess, uh, you're familiar with the game, yes? That we created. Mm-hmm. Okay. I decided to do a theme for my two yeah, truths. Of course you would. Of yeah. course you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mine are bucket list themed. So these are two things. That are on my bucket list and one thing that is not. I love this. Cool. Let's see. Also, Mark- okay, bring it. Unstumpable one and just lowly me who's two and zero. Oh. <laughs> I know. I don't know who's gonna win this one, but all right. So, first one is I want to visit Italy and eat my weight in pasta. The next is I want to have a tree house with a very elaborate 
bucket and pulley system where I have a designated <laughs> bucket for books and a designated bucket for snacks. So I never have to come snacks. down. <laughs> People can just keep me <laughs> up there yep. as long as I can. Okay. Um, and oh, the last one. Good. Yeah. The last one is to be able to take apart and reassemble a car engine. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) This this is incredible. This is honestly the first time I literally have... Oh, man. They all... I could see you wanting to do all three. Uh, The treehouse is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you could do, you could shelter in place in a treehouse right now. It's exactly. brilliant. Exactly. The car things that fits you for some reason to me, like Mark's face. <laughs> okay. All right, unstumpable one. I'll let you go first. You need to win. So. I do need to win. I don't know <laughs> if because you know so much about cars right now that it's just like I haven't got around to being able to fix my own oh, or wait, wait, wait. if it's really That's an interesting detail. Can you, so you know about cars already. She We're knows this out. She knows enough to whenever she hears a noise, she'll call me and Missy being like, what do I need to do? So based off of that assumption, I'm going to go with number three is the lie. It's true. It's not even just once. It was like multiple times. She'll call me and be like, do you, do you hear this? <laughs> Just road noise. What do I do? I don't know. <laughs> so based off of that, I'm going to go with number three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I okay. think I'm going with number one. She's, she's trying to stump us there. I think she is. Okay. Everybody get ready. Just tell us about the... Let us know. Her bucket list lie. I think the record is now three zero and zero for three. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh. Let's go. Yeah. See, Mark, that's why I want to learn how to put a car engine back together because yep. I literally know nothing. Yeah. And Me too. Yeah. We can journey on that. Get on that. We go on that journey together. Wait, Mark, do you think you won right now? I'm unstoppable. You lost. That is the definition of unstoppable. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, so I got it right. So you, yes. Italy is not a big thing for you. Pasta. You know, I that feel... felt too normal for you. I'm going to be honest. Thank you. Um, I received that as a compliment. <laughs> she said thank you. <laughs> I feel like this is too polarizing to share, but I'm like not a fan of tomato sauce. And I feel like hmm. that is a lot of Italian cuisine. Wow. Well, you know... Before we started recording this podcast, you had said you had asked us like how deep we could get. You know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna get this like polarizing at the beginning. I wow. I feel like I've just no. taken away all credibility. <laughs> is it a te- texture thing, taste thing? Like, what is it about? Don't like acid. I think that's nah. what it is. It's just, yeah. My mouth and my heart are sad and confused when I eat tomato sauce, so I just try to avoid it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. The mouth and the heart are confused. Uh, so how about pizza? If there's a lot of cheese on it, huh. I'm good. But if the sauce globs out, I'm out. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds horrible. <laughs> 
I don't want to yeah. eat a pizza where anything's globbing <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to eat, eat anything with the word glob. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So have you ever had Chicago deep dish, the real deal? <laughs> I have. You don't like it? I do, but sometimes I scrape off some of the top. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a very unproductive conversation. I'm dying right now. I mean, only sometimes. I'm better about it now, but. Wow. That's incredible. So mm-hmm. let's go to number two. I want to hear more about that. I love that as a bucket list. Yeah. The treehouse dream. That's uh-huh. so good. A treehouse with buckets on my bucket list. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So ideally it would be in this dream world. I would have a library in my house that is underneath a tree with my tree house. So it's like I'm outside, but I have access to my library. And because cool. I'm a Chinese woman, I will ask my children to do things for me. Cool. <laughs> so just like train them. When they see the buckets down, they know what to fill it with. Books, <laughs> snacks, anything mm-hmm. to make mom happy. Yep. Yeah, and I can still hear them, so I know if they're getting mm. into shenanigans. It's like a win-win situation. Wow. Well, you and I have talked about this before. You you and I have some, a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And that, man, you're speaking my language. To have my own library, to be able to have access to it while I'm outdoors, whew, that'll, that'll, that'll preach. <laughs> I literally might preach about that soon. That's yeah. good. I'm That's good. Right? So uh, thanks for playing, Jess. Uh, I'd love to hear, why don't you tell our uh, sanctuary community a little more about yourself, like just more practical stuff. Like how long you been going to Sank? Uh Bay Area native your whole life. What do you do for a living? Just some of those, uh, some of the basics. So I have been going to Sank for about two years now. Um, I am born and raised Bay Area, San Jose. Um, and I forgot your last question. Quarantine brain. I've only got two. Oh, two. yeah. What do you do for a job? Oh, I right. Know, yeah, tell <laughs> yes. Um, I talk about feelings all day. So mm. I am in the process of getting my marriage and family therapy license. So I'm working at a private practice and um, doing some work at the schools. Uh, So it's been fun. I just talk about feelings and kind words and happy thoughts all day. (laughs) Super light stuff, you know. Jess is underselling herself just a little bit. She, yeah, she's very good at talking about feelings, but she's also very good at connecting the dots on why we're feeling the way we're feeling and things that we can do to make us either feel more of that or less of that. So you're very talented, Jess. And I think some of my favorite memories um, with you have been on the Brazil missions trip that we went on together with Sanctuary Mm. two years ago. That, that was, was so, so fun. fun. So and fun. that, that was, was really when um, we all kind of met and developed really good friendships, enough for you to be in Missy's bridal party. So <laughs> that's, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was super fun. That wasn't, can you guys believe that wasn't even a year ago? That feels like five years ago. I know. Yeah. That's, it seems like it was crazy. Different life. Yeah, I I love that you. I've heard you say that before too. Uh, the feelings piece. Uh, so we've talked about the enneagram before on the syncast. Jess and I are both fours on the enneagram, and so we are not afraid of exploring our our inner life and our feelings and and going there. Uh, 
So I don't think I've ever told you this. I'm just going to tell you to thousands of listeners right now across the world. (laughs) I took one um, marriage and family therapy class in university. I was super close to going that route. I already felt called to ministry, but Hmm. I took that course and I I just enjoyed it so much that I was uh, pretty close to veering that direction just because I was like, wow, like thinking through uh, like you said, feelings, but also just like the why behind uh, our actions and and our feelings, you know, uh, huh. man, it was super interesting to me. But instead, I'm working at a church. Well, I feel and like you are a therapist. You just don't get paid for it. <laughs> Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> I'm going to clip that audio and that's going to go. Uh, to my directly to my boss. Perfect. Look, a professional told me I am a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you should pay me as such. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hard stops. I'm like, you only get 15 minutes of my <laughs> listening skills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Peace out. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I love what you said, Mark, about uh, Jessica. I, something we're going to talk about um, here in a little bit. Is, is is some stuff that Jess will have. <laughs> Sorry, there's a kid trying to get in my room right now, uh, so I'm super distracted. Sorry, everybody. Um, but we're going to be talking about uh, self care here in a little bit. I'm really excited about that. Uh, how we can do that in the midst of a, of a quarantine. So I'm pumped to hear what Jess has to say about that. Uh, before we get to that, uh, I want to do a little breakdown of this past week's. Sank service, sank sermon. And this is something we've been trying to do most weeks. And I'm really excited to get both of your opinions. This is a topic uh, I know both of you are passionate about. And I'm, I'm curious of just our different perspectives on it. But this past week, in case you guys weren't uh, watching or listening, we were finishing up our series on James. And I sort of highlighted James 5, 13 through 15. And we talked about uh, prayer. The prayer of a righteous person person is powerful and effective. Hmm. And it was a great conversation. It, I actually got more feedback this week from people just texting or on Facebook, um, just different thoughts. Some good, you know, they're all good. Some, some, <laughs> some were mad that we talked about prayer at church. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just different, you know, some were on the, a little more on the side of like, man, I appreciate you talking about disappointments because I've wrestled with this. I'm sort of frustrated with God about some mm-hmm. stuff. Others were just uh, a little more in the, just, man, I love prayer so much. I appreciate us talking about it. So uh, I've got a few questions, but more than anything, I just love for us to sort of break that down even a little more, get your thoughts on prayer and uh, what the, what your experience has been and what, what we can learn as a community. So the first question, I'll just toss out the same one I tossed to everybody on Sunday. Uh, what's the biggest obstacle for you in prayer? Uh, you know, some examples I mentioned, like cynicism is a big one I, I battle. Uh, disappointment, huge one. Maybe it's just doubt. Uh, maybe a, a couple of people mentioned on the videos, uh, maybe you're just too busy. So I'd love to hear from you guys. What, what, what's your biggest obstacle? Jess, what do you think? Um, I think time and energy is definitely my biggest one. Like 
I try to pray when I wake up and before I go to sleep. But as I'm saying it out loud, I'm hearing it. I kind of like fall asleep or I'm super, it's like hard for me to really pay attention or stay engaged because my mind just like totally wanders. Either it's like, okay, what do I have to get done today? Or, oh my goodness, what happened today? And just kind of like going through that. So being busy and like the right headspace is my biggest struggle. That's good. Are you a morning person or a night person by, by nature? Definitely a night person. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's such a common one I hear all the time. Obviously, I, I deal with it as well. It's just the, uh, oh, man, there's a phrase. I'm, I might not be able to, might not pop in my head, but um, it, it's just the uh, the hamster on a wheel. That's our brain, you know, it's constantly just sifting through so many conversations and to have an invisible conversation. It's like, it's hard enough for you and I, uh, for us three to have a conversation and not be thinking about my kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm supposed to be doing in an hour from now, Mm -hmm. but much less when you're talking to to an invisible being, of course, like our brain's going to go all over the place. That's great. How about you, Mark? Mine is a lot along those same lines to do with distraction. I think I get distracted very easily when I pray. Uh, and it's, yeah, I mean, as a as a person that is praying a lot for either people or praying, I mean, we'll open up in closed staff meetings with prayer. We'll be praying, you know, throughout the day. It's hard for me not to feel like prayer is just another another thing I'm checking off or kind of becoming a little bit like it's a just going through the motions of prayer. And so I think praying fervently versus just praying is like those two things are, I don't always get to the first of that. I'll pray a lot. I'll pray constantly. I'll pray little prayers throughout the day, but they're distracted. They're half-hearted. They're not, you know, the type of prayers and the type of conversation that I believe God is asking us to, to have with him. And so I think focusing on having deeper prayers Focused prayers and bigger prayers too are are things that I lack a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Have either of you have any strategies worked in the past of of keeping your mind focused, or have there been times where you feel like, oh yeah, that's I actually have been focused at times. Love to hear about that. Yeah, so I've actually been trying a new thing where I'm trying to get out of my head less and just be more in the experience. And so I found that when I think about prayer as just like spending time with God. Yeah. um, So, you know, like when I'm doing like yoga or something like that, just being able to think about, okay, like I'm just going to spend my time with you here. So like even with certain yoga poses, like it's like um, you're in a lot of like positions of like surrendering or like uplifted palms. And so to think about being in that physical position and posture, like physically and emotionally with God, like I found that I've been able to be focused and not have that pressure of what do I say? How do I focus? Yeah. We're just together. That's good. So that's so good. That is so good. I feel like that is some like going to be a lifelong lesson for mm-hmm. me. I, I feel like it's, 
Yeah, it's when I let go of this uh, perception in my mind that I have to always be saying a certain thing to God or I have to, uh, yeah, it's got to be sentences and it's got to be in this way, but instead thinking of it just being present uh, with him in his presence. That's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, and to kind of double down on that, a lot of times – I would think prayer is just, I have to start with dear God and it has to end with amen. Yeah, and that's, that's what right. prayer that's is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I've learned through just experience of being with people and talking prayerfully with people, having prayerful conversations, trying to lead people, maybe not in necessarily, okay, let me pray for you. But this whole conversation has been a prayer. And I hope that, you know, yeah. people can can see that prayer is not just you know, okay, dear God, X, Y, Z, amen, but actually can look and take many different forms from conversations to submission in yoga to sports or, you know, you can, you can do things prayerfully. And I think that's a good distinction to make. Dude. Okay. So good. You guys, Uh, that just like gets my brain going. Uh, A couple of things just pop in my mind. I don't know if you guys have had this experience with a friend, but uh, like, I know, a good friend uh, when I feel comfortable not saying anything with yeah. him, right? Yeah. Like, you know, your best friends mm-hmm. when you, you're just sitting in a car with him and it's not that awkward silence. It's the good silence. It's just like, we're here together. I don't have to like keep the, you know, with this, when you're meeting a stranger, you just feel like, ah, uh, how about that weather? What about yep. those San Francisco giants? Yeah. The good friends. And it's like, ah, I can just be. Mm-hmm. And there's no pressure. Maybe I'll say something. Maybe I won't. So that's the first thing that pops up in my mind. That's I never really thought of it like that. That's so good. Like when we are aligned with God, it's like we there's mm-hmm. no pressure here. Right. I just want to be aware that He's here, though. Right. And that comes through relationship. Like that comes that's through right. spending time together. That comes from knowing each other. That comes from being comfortable around each other. And that doesn't come, you know, easily. That's that's something that you work towards and spent years trying to to get to a place where it doesn't feel weird when we're not saying anything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it, the other thing that popped my mind, Mark, that you, when you said sports, uh, there's this other piece of the rela- the relational piece with God. I, it made me think of my kids uh, when they're not beating down my door in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I generally love hanging out with my kids and uh, they're getting to this age, the two oldest ones, where they will just talk about stuff that, let's be honest, I just don't, in, in most in most life, I don't care about. Like Cohen literally was just outside and he was telling me about bubbles. He was just talking about bubbles and how he's got this pencil he was carrying was um, a, a bubble popper. You know, he's just talking about his world. But because I am so invested in his heart and who he is, it's like, Mm. I am just there with you. I'm like, yes, what a cool bubble popper. I love that so much. Tell me about that big bubble that hit the fence. Like, (laughs) it's so mundane, but for because of who he is, it's like, I want to know all about that. Mm. And I think our tendency is to think, well, I don't want to trouble God with my telling him about, you know, my my succulents or I don't, that's a stupid example, but the things that I, you know, the, the things that I'm just uh, weirdly uh, enjoy or get passionate about, it's like, no God, because of who you are, 
he just wants to be a part of it. Uh, so mm. that's interesting. Yeah, kind of like going off of what you're saying too of like the sports analogy. It's like prayer. If you think of prayer as a game of catch with God, right? Your your conversation with him, you're throwing something to him, right? You expect him to catch it. Catch is only fun when it's going back and forth, right? right? And so if we're praying of, hey, can you do this for me? You're lobbing it to him. But it's also like, are you waiting to see how he's responding back to you? And, you know, with catch, it's not about like receiving. It's also a play aspect. It's a connecting aspect of, Mm -hmm. are you hearing me, right? Same thing. Cone's throwing you a lob with the bubbles and you are taking that and saying, I hear you and I'm giving it back to you. Like we're connecting okay. and playing and like, you know, catch is always catch gets more fun. The crazier things you try. Right. I feel like everybody who's ever played, it yeah. always ends with somebody Sorry. like halfway down the field, just running for it. Right. But it's like you're playing, you're doing outrageous things. And I think like, even with prayer, you can get to a point where you trust that he will catch you and so you can start to throw longer. You can start to throw crazier. You can start to do bigger yeah. prayers, harder prayers, or more vulnerable prayers, mm-hmm. which is like the equivalent so of like the go long, you know? So mm-hmm. so good. Uh, Just Chow would be preaching for sake. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. As soon as possible. That's so good. So I literally uh, just preview this upcoming Sunday. We're, t- we're talking about discernment and listening. And I, w- I was expecting or hoping to break down the difference between a monologue and a dialogue, hmm. you know, mono versus die, like mm-hmm. just, and, and prayers for us often are so monologue. They're like, here are my list of requests and see you later, as opposed to a dialogue. I can't, but I, I've never thought of the, the metaphor of catch. That's so good. Uh, Adam, so good. have yeah. you ever heard of people or tried the, uh, I don't know. I guess it's not really an experiment. It's just you're actually trying to have a conversation with God or Jesus, and that's out loud, and that's going back and forth. That might be from some of my more charismatic friends, oh, and I'm asking yeah, no. you as some of as my more I don't know non charismatic ish friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't I haven't done exactly that. I've definitely. You know, in my own personal practice or even times with people, yeah, we've prayed and just sort of said, now let's just sit and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, even as I'm th- thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I think I have had times like that. Um, I do feel like that is a little little less my tradition that I grew up with of mm-hmm. like expecting God to show you something like an, like an image or a word Um but yeah, I, I mean, I've had friends that have prayed for me and then they've said, I, I got this image. Um, and even though I myself, and I've talked about this from stage, I'm not, I'm not uh, I don't come from a charismatic background. Um, there, <laughs> there have been things that that people have spoke to me that it's just like, oh, mm, what? Okay. Um, there's a period of my life, about six months, where I had like, I think I counted eight people came up to me and told me that God gave them the word anointing. This is when I was sort of deciding of, of like ministry. And, and this was just like people from weird places. And then it, it culminated. And one time I was at a Methodist church guest worship leading. And this lady came up to me. She's like, I got to tell you something. 
I'm not weird. I promise. But I just need to tell you this, <laughs> which is always a great start to conversation. Uh, but uh, she said, you know, as you're leading worship, again, not trying to be weird, but I just saw like this big thing. Uh, there's a word for it. I can't think of it. But um, of oil being poured down on you. And I just feel like it's God wanting me to tell you like of anointing. <laughs> I was just like, okay. I loud and clear. I'm getting the thank you, God. I'm getting the image from everywhere here. So sorry, that was a little tangent, but um yeah, even though that's a little less of what I, I'm experienced with, I just totally believe that that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Is that so have you personally done that of just like spent time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There have been there have been times where of course like in prayer, but I I mean I've tried to do different kinds of like prayers where it's just like, I'm, I'll just try to have a literal conversation, not about anything big. Don't show me anything. Just God, how are you doing? Okay, great. This is how I'm doing. Hey, I'm worried about this. What do you think about this? Oh, okay, cool. Like, and it, you, it's just, it's weird because you kind of feel crazy, but I think like what Jess was saying is like, you know, if you're, if you're, you're, you have to build that trust muscle, you have to build those reps in, in order to, to then, you know, try crazier, bigger, feel more comfortable doing those yeah. bigger things. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That, well, that's a great example of just like even the trying of it. And maybe that's even a quick takeaway for anybody that's listening uh, to us right now on this, on this podcast of just some ideas of, extending your prayer with God is just learning the listening muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even though, you know, I've never practiced some of these exact experiences, probably my favorite uh, way to pray right now is more the listening side of things. I mm-hmm. love to get out into nature and get silent and mm-hmm. just sit with God and hear from him. And I do hear, uh, uh, I hear things, I hear whispers, I hear words. Um, so yeah, that could be a great, thing for people to try. Uh, for me, uh, I mentioned this on Sunday, but an obstacle for me with prayer, and, and this sort of goes, I think, to what we're saying a little bit, like, it, it, I'd love to talk about it for a second. Like, what happens when you're playing catch and you feel like you throw the ball and nobody's there to catch it, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's something I've struggled with in the past, like, um, how do we hold the prayers that we've launched out with full faith, full hope, full confidence? And it just, it surely seems like God has let us down and he's, he's not answered our prayer. And so I, I've just dealt with that a lot. And so I'm, I'm curious if either one of you, if that's happened to you, or if you just have wrestled with that in your own life of like asking God for things and it doesn't seem like they're coming true. And while you're thinking, do you guys hear Jude in the background now? We're mm-hmm. we kid, kid number three. I love it. Yeah, that's a really great question. Mm. Well, I'm a therapist. <laughs> you really are. It's glorious. Um, <laughs> I think when I have experienced that in my life, <clears throat> I think it has been more about my the state of my heart and health more so than Mm -hmm. reading that as 
a reflection of the character of God and or our relationship. <laughs> because I think that regardless of if he receives or leaves it, or maybe like, yeah, like catches a prayer but doesn't throw anything back. Um, I don't know. I think I just conceptual, or I think about it more like, regardless of how I feel, I trust that God knows more than I do. And so if I threw what I thought was a ball and it turned out to be like a coiled up snake, why would God throw that back to me? Hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes. Very (laughs) odd (laughs) metaphor, but. Yeah. No, I I mean, it's it's very scriptural. Uh, We see example of that in the New Testament. That's, yeah, that's so good. So you're saying that, yeah, it's almost more about your the own st- your own state of your heart. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, to kind of further that analogy, right? It's like if I'm picking up something to throw to God, of like throw it back to me, like let's connect. If I am like in so much pain that I'm crying, I can't see straight, and I just grab whatever's closest because I want it right now, then I won't be able to see that it's like a coiled up snake versus an actual ball. And so being able to calm myself down to hold that space for my heart to be solid on its own mm-hmm. and to have that clarity to understand or even just to understand that it is thrown out of emotion and reaction rather than That's right. That's right. what it really represents. So yeah. super casual That's... for observation. What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love that so much. I love that so much. And I think the example I used on Sunday was was a pretty raw example of just when my dad passed away and just sort of my experience with that. And to your point, you you use the word in there somewhere uh, of connect. And I think that's part of what I've learned in, in that experience and others is oftentimes the state of my heart is um, – I, I wouldn't even go as far as say selfish, but it's self-centered. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. this is what I want. I'm requesting mm-hmm. it. And this is how I see things. And this is what I think it would be the best. And if you don't give, give me what I think in when I think, you know, uh, then I'm going to be upset as opposed to uh, connection being the primary motivator where it's like, uh, God, mm-hmm. you are God and you are good and you know. So I'm yeah. going to request this for sure because it sure seems like this is the best, but my primary motivator is to connect with you because I need you. I need your mm-hmm. strength, your wisdom, your hope, whatever, your guidance. Um, so, yeah, I think you're spot on. And the, the weird snake example that you gave is so I'm good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's great because, uh, you know, Jesus talks about that in the New Testament of like, uh, would, would a good father, like even an early father give his, his, uh, kid a snake? Of course not. So how much would your heavenly father? And it's, mm-hmm. there's a trust factor there of like, we have to believe that God knows and sees more than we do. Yep. And so he, he's not, he's not giving us a snake, even though it might seem like it or withholding a good gift. He knows something that we don't know, and, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a trust piece there. How about you, Mark? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this conversation? Yeah, pretty much what you just summed up is a lot 
just the the basis of prayers being trust and the basis of prayers being connection. And hmm. sometimes when I do cry out emotionally or when I do cry out without having that trust or that posture of God, I just need you to fix this right now. Yeah. Um, even if the prayer goes quote unquote unanswered, I still find confidence in that I'm being listened to. The, yeah. And so the ball's still caught. It's just a matter of when and how the ball is going to be thrown back. And so, yeah. So good. That is so good. Do you, are you guys ready to write our first book? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Playing Catch with God. Playing Catch uh, with God. Prayer. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a catchy title, title already. already. So beautiful. Okay. Let's get it on that bestseller list. Uh, okay. So this is great. Thank you guys so much. I love this conversation. So I think this perfectly goes into our, our next conversation. I'd love to get some of your thoughts, Jess, as we mentioned earlier, uh, on self-care, but I think it, it, I think it does connect with what we were just talking about because, uh, in the midst of, uh, quarantine isolation, um, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I don't want to speak for anybody else. Um, but it can be so easy to to take this entire experience and and be self-centered in a in a negative way where I, where just, I get just get over- overwhelmed with my emotions and I want things to turn out the best for me and ironically then uh I stop taking care of myself in a healthy way <laughs> and I try to comfort I try to numb myself I try to escape from uh, any kind of negativity. And so I'd, I'd just love for us to have a conversation with you, Jess, of um, self-care, like we've already mentioned, but also uh, just speaking to us, uh, what do we do in times of uh, emotional turmoil, isolation? Um, yeah. So I'd love to just turn it, turn it over to you for a second. Yeah. So just to really address self-care briefly, I think the necessity of self-care already implies that there's an imbalance. So there's an area that has been neglected, an area that is wounded, mm-hmm. tired, and just needing attention. And so if we use that as the definition or the premise, self-care, therefore, is an act that acknowledges, nourishes, and tends to parts of us that are overworked, underappreciated, and like just plain tired. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you said the word nourish, nourish and yeah. that, man, that just speaks to my soul. That's so good. Yeah. Cause I think at the, you know, I think self-care gets such a bad rap because people just end up using it as an excuse to like treat yourself to mm-hmm. like long-term yeah. bad decisions yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. consequences. Totally. Right. And so I think that that point of nourishment is most important because it's something that actually is addressing a need, filling it, comforting it, restoring it and energizing it. Mm. And things can only nourish us when there is value to it. Yeah. Right. So. I'm sorry, interrupting again. Uh, That's just so good because you mentioned treat yourself. And I think that's, I mean, you're, you're speaking to my reality right now. Um, Mm -hmm. My tendency and, and why nourish is so good is like, uh, I will use comfort to, to try, try to, to uh, hmm. 
to blanket my feelings, my emotions, my frustrations. Mm-hmm. When I know in reality uh, that what I actually need uh, is sometimes, sometimes harder, but that's what will actually nourish me. And so for me, I'm just thinking physically because that's something I'm dealing with in this quarantine. Uh, I would much rather use like a bowl of popcorn or nachos or uh, Baskin Robbins, door dash it over, and that that will feel like, oh, now I'm not feeling this frustration because I'm doing that. But deep down, I know what what actually would nourish me would be like vegetables or water um, or or oftentimes like taking a run. Like I've been trying to do that discipline more. And I always always feel feel better better afterwards. Like, other than my legs being sore, it's just like my 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 brain feels better, my body feels better. But so sorry for the nourish word, man. That's so good. Yeah. No, and I think that you bring up such a great point too, and like that's so real because we are looking for comfort, and oftentimes, what feels like our first reaction is to like go for the immediate stuff or the, um, like numbing out, you know? And so I, I do this, like, you know, apparently all the therapists in the room here are doing it. (laughs) So it's a really real thing. And so without, I think a lot of times people get stuck in that place where they're just judging themselves for it or like not giving themselves permission to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that need. And so you're right, furthering right. that deprivation of yourself and perpetuating that stuck in the numbing out phase. Because if you take it a step deeper and you're looking at it, okay, why does this make me happy? Right? It's because you want to be cared for. Oh, interesting. Like having your stuff just coming to you without having to work, just knowing, okay, I put it out there and it's on the way. Like I just wanted to feel cared for without having to do any work. Yeah, and you can do something good. with it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when we take out that judgment piece, you are able to really hear your heart because the irony of numbing out is while you are getting numbed out from the immediate overwhelm, you're also numbing out to your experience. And mm-hmm. it is when we are dialed into our experience, then we're able to really find nourishment because you're aware of where that need is. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. good. I think that the the most challenging part of that for me is the admittance, the admitting that, yes, I do need help. I do need self-care and being okay with that because it's so much easier to be like, no, I'm fine. I'll just, you know, watch another episode of Community or no, like, yeah, I mean, I, I worked out today. I can go ahead and eat, you know, this for dessert. But really what my soul is craving for is is being cared for ultimately and Yes, Man, Jess, that is so good. That Jess, one, Jess is dropping bombs. <laughs> how how can you? What what tips would you give on maybe one getting to a place where you can see that you might need self care? Yeah, and then from there, you know, okay, now that you acknowledge the need, taking that step to okay, let's go ahead and and do this for myself. Uh, how how can people get to that space? Excellent question, Mark. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> practice my concrete skills. I'm going to start with abstract words. So (laughs) I think, I think that one of the biggest blocks to acknowledging that need is that everybody has their own unique relationship with how their expectations align with reality. 
So whether it's expectations for ourselves, expectations for other people or for your environment and what you want your life to look like, that is creating a certain set of rules and standards in which you are measuring what is quote unquote okay and not okay. Are you quote unquote failing or are you quote unquote succeeding, right? That is Mm. your filter. And so if you have high expectations for yourself that are very far from reality of the situation, whether it's your physical needs, your physical capacity, you will consistently be meeting stress, feeling not good enough, feeling burnt out, feeling like you want to numb out more, right? If you're like, I want to watch Tiger King three times in a row, and I will not say sorry for that, maybe that's a sign (laughs) that you're numbing out a little bit, right? Sure, sure. Because that discrepancy between your expectations and the reality are too much. And so an increase in desire to numb out typically increases a higher or indicates a higher discrepancy. And so what you can do is to recognize, like, how often am I trying to numb out? What are the ways I'm trying to cope? And then also kind of saying to turn inward of what are my expectations for myself that are not matching my reality? And like, what am I trying to run away from or not think about? And so practical tip is also, if you want to have high expectations for yourself, great. Is the reality of the situation that you can actually meet those or get close enough where you feel comfortable and content? Mm. That what is your good enough threshold here, right? Mm. So if you're like, wow, I had eight hours of sleep. I ate well, like high capacity. Great. I can have high expectations or the reality of the situation is I have not gotten sleep and I'm exhausted. I cannot have high expectations for myself with low capacity and think that I'm okay. And so adjusting your expectations of, you know what, if I only had two hours of sleep today, like who cares if I eat junk food? I'm just needing comfort today and there's nothing that I can do about that. I just want to like, I'm just going to get through today as well as I can and then I'll reset tomorrow. So it's reframing your expectations for yourself to be more aligned with reality and also that reset piece. So practical tips or, um, can I interrupt you? Yeah, go I'm for sorry, it. I keep going. No, interrupt me all you want. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. I feel like I should pay you. This is so good. She's inside my brain. She's inside, how do you know this? You're welcome. Uh, yeah, you are a magician on our show today. <laughs> Which you guys don't see is she has a literal black hat right now. She keeps pulling things out of it. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to – yeah, I'm sorry if this is annoying, but this is just so helpful for me. I'm, I'm hoping it's helpful uh, for people that are listening. Uh, the So the first piece that just – man, I think it's so good. Expectations versus mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Years ago, I read an article. I think I sent it to you one time, Mark, that, that's just been – life altering for me. Yep. But the, the article was sort of funny, but it was talking about uh, the level, like uh, the core of happiness and really why so many millennials and then whatever all the generations are below the millennials uh, are, are battling unhappiness in, in uh, much higher levels. And, mm-hmm. and he really, this writer really broke down like, in the past, the expectations were so low. It was like, yep. I'm just going to try to find some job that will pay me enough so I can eat. And like, and then maybe I can feed other people in my family. We'll stay alive. 
and maybe we'll live till 50. That'd be great. So it's like, if you got a decent paying job, you're happy and you're fine. And now for us, and again, below us, it's like our expectations are often like, I need to be the biggest YouTube star. Uh, Mm -hmm. I deserve that. And it's within my grasp or I need, you know, um, how I need to own a house. That's part of being an American, right? I need the backyard. I need two and a half kids, you know? Uh, so all I've said, like, that is so good. I'm, I'm sort of framing it a big picture level, but even like smaller levels of my expectations, uh, man, that just digging into what if we all dug into, uh, where, where is my frustration, my, my unhappiness coming from and dug down to, well, it's because of this. Uh, I'm seeing all my friends on Facebook saying they went on this amazing vacation. And so my expectations, I should have the money to do that or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Uh, the second one, uh, I, I just think it's so brilliant, uh, what you're talking about, like with awareness, uh, the, if we're ever going to change, and I'm, I'm, not preaching anybody. I'm speaking for myself. Uh, it, it will come from a place of awareness. Why mm-hmm. am I doing this? Really mm-hmm. being aware in the moment. What is the feeling I'm trying to numb? Right. Uh, so those are just two things. I just wanted to to pause for a second. That's that's great. Jessica, I asked another question. So we are now in a time where none of us have ever been in before. So a lot of our expectations and even our reality has been shaken. What do you think about Mm. ways that we can maybe establish one healthy expectations now? And then also how can that, you know, translate into proper amounts of self-care? This is so great. Okay. I'm leaning into the feelings right now too. I think one of the healthy things that we can adopt in this time is... Right. And so many of these buzzwords, but let's try to like explain, but it's like the whole self-compassionate part. Right. Um, I think that a very healthy thing to practice is like non-judgmental curiosity towards yourself. I think oftentimes we do judge our actions or have some guilt that we are not Hmm. living up to like, we're not quarantining well, or we're not that. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. Right. And so there's already so much ju- judgment and shame of like, why am I not doing better? Why can't I be better? But it's, this is such an unprecedented time. And this I think is a really, it can be an opportunity where you can see parts of yourself that you have never really noticed before. Hmm. And you can learn a lot about yourself right? Without saying if it's good or bad, but you're just seeing what is coming up for me when there's so much space. There is a lot of space right now, a lot of unknown. And so it's like, what am I needing in this time? What are the things that are, what I like, what am I gravitating towards? Right? Cause it's saying something about who you are and what you need. And so it's a great opportunity to learn about yourself and also to be extending like self-compassion towards yourself right with the doordash thing it's like you just want to be cared for you spend so much of your time right now trying to hold yourself together and get through all this new stuff that Hmm. to expect us to never want comfort or enjoy being taken care of and not having to work and just receive like that's crazy 
Hmm. Yeah. So I think that's, Oh, go for it. Well, that, that's just great. I think that's, that's so helpful because I think going back to what Mark said earlier, I mean, uh, this is all of us for sure, but I, I know from like from a dude's perspective, especially come from the South, it was like admitting that I might need cared for is, mm-hmm. is a, is a hard, um, reality to, to just be honest with myself. So that's, that's good. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the times in crisis or unknown situations, like from babies to old people, right? Everybody regresses. You go back to younger versions, younger needs, and like Hmm. even this stuff, right? You hear people say, get enough sleep, eat enough. It's like, that doesn't seem helpful, but the reality is like, you just need to cover the basics before you can do anything else. And so if you, this is kind of, yeah, (laughs) well, it's kind of crazy because Mm -hmm. it's like, then you can see why it is so stressful because when we are wanting to just kind of be cared for in a scary unknown situation, the fact that we don't really have anybody or that we are that person for ourselves, it's like, why I don't like this. (laughs) It's stressful. Like, doesn't mean that we can't do it. And so I think also a practice too of if you do accept that premise that we do regress in stressful times and we do kind of need to shift our focus more towards um, the nourishing things are the things that would comfort a child. Like how are we making space and time for play? It hmm. sounds weird because we're all adults. We're all high performing. We don't need to, you know, but it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. play is I think one of the most nourishing and underrated things because it's engaged rest. And we're struggling against numbing out rest because that's quote unquote what adults do of like, well, we don't run around on a field for no reason and just like laugh and be silly. Like we need to be productive or that we have all these tasks we need to do. But it's like Mm -hmm. when like, I don't know, it's like when you're little or when you're younger and someone's like, let's go play that immediate high of like, oh my God, this is gonna be so fun. Yeah, let's do it. You don't need to talk. You don't need to like think. You're just Mm -hmm. like engaging with another person and connection and experience and resting your mind, resting that checklist mentality and finding that connection and finding that care and finding that joy of just, we're just going to do whatever feels good right now. Like if we want to run down that field and do cartwheels and or like, I don't know what boys do for fun. I don't think they run down fields. And do barbecue, barbecue and go camping. And go camping. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, totally. Exactly. Yes. Well, that's, well, that's uh, a. Just know that I wrote down the two words: engaged rest. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, yep, 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 yep. That's so good. good. I just want to. I wrote that down because I want to myself just break that down and, and sort of meditate on that later. Uh, but yeah, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, when Mark and I have gone fishing together, like something we'll say together often at more towards the end is like, ah, this was just so good. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, why is throwing a plastic lure into the water and oftentimes not even like just, you know, Mm -hmm. reeling it in for no reason. You're not even getting a fish. Why is that so good? And it's like, well, I'm out of nature. I'm hanging out with a buddy. Uh, we are feeling one with creation. There's the sun. There's mm-hmm. silence. We're not thinking about our task list. Uh, 
That's it's totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Like play for an adult. So important. That's amazing. Jess, could you help me connect the dots between that practice of play or that practice with engaged rest and how that can translate from the physical and the emotional into the spiritual? That's good. Because for me, like when, when I'll go with Adam, we'll go fishing. Like, yes, when I'm resting physically, kind of, I mean, we're outside and we're walking around, but I mean, there's a sense of, of weightlessness of, you know, all the, all the worries that I had, you know, they're not there anymore. I feel lighter. I'm walking around. I'm in nature. And that in turn nourishes more than just, you know, how I'm feeling emotionally and physically, but that's actually spiritual. And that will, you know, kind of make my posture towards how I'm seeing the world different, how I'm experiencing and seeing God different. And so how can some of these other, you know, aspects of play and rest translate, you know, into a more spiritual rest as well, or spiritual self-care? I think I'm having trouble understanding. So are you talking about like practically or like? I guess just, just, yeah, your your thoughts thoughts around 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 your thoughts around around, that, your thoughts around, you know, Taking, taking, like, like how, can, how can how can something like play, play where you're going outside and running around, around it'll, make it'll make me feel better. But what are the other benefits that might be even more deep that the spiritual side of rest and the spiritual side of self care? How can that? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just your thoughts around that. So, um, when I talk to parents about um, the importance of play for kids, one of the things that I try to tell them is that through allowing children to play, you are providing them opportunities and experience of doing something just for the sake of enjoyment of doing the thing. You are teaching children the value and delight of the process instead of solely focusing on outcome to create. And like it provides like a really safe space for people to process experience and Mm -hmm. safety to fail safety to make mistakes, freedom to learn how to work through the problem, right? Whether it's you took a phone apart and now your parents need to call somebody, you have to figure out how to put it back together before you get yelled at, right? Like it's just, it's teaching problem solving. It's teaching all these things. It's teaching that you can mess up, but that you know how to fix it or you know where to go when you need help. And so I think in the same way, spiritually, that ability to play opens up that freedom of, I want to enjoy just the experience of being with God, the experience of sitting in a specific characteristic, the freedom to make mistakes, the freedom to fail and know that I can fix this with his help or that he's here. And like, as the perfect parent, you know, he yells at us the appropriate amount, if at all, or shows mercy. It's whatever he needs, like whatever we need. He has a capacity to provide in that perfect way that speaks to our souls. And I think kind of going back to what Adam was saying of like prayer is just, there is a comfort in the stillness and just being with a person that you know well. I think that like in that same way, you know, it's almost like with a very uh, more romantic minded people, right? It's like, that feeling of coming home to your partner after a really long day and just sitting in the presence of somebody who loves you mm-hmm. or, you know, that perfect mm-hmm. parent of like the worst day happened. And then you know that your mom or your dad or that adult that you feel safe with and that you 
know loves you so much is going to hold space for you to just, and you can just like rest and be with Mm -hmm. them. Like you're not numbed out because then you're numbing out to all that like love and care that someone has for you. And so you are still like engaged in that rest and safety to just be you in the presence of someone who loves you. And I think kind of like coming full circle to self-care feels like You know it's self-care when you get to experience the joys of loving on someone, caring for someone that you really, really love. And you also get to experience what it's like to be loved on by somebody you know really loves you. Yes. So... That's so good. So good. I'm so glad we talked about that. I'm sorry for butchering that question, but we finally we got to where I think we need to go, and that was perfect. I totally agree. That speaks to me so much. I've I've talked about this at Sync before, but process versus results is one of my sort of life things, and and I just firmly believe that we often, especially American Christians, we we put our, our faith in the results piece. Like our faith is results based. Whereas Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, yep. always approached the faith in a process way. Even saying, follow me is, is a process. He's literally inviting us to a process. He's not saying, uh, come with me and, jo- and then get your ticket to heaven. He, he always said, come follow me, join my path, walk my ways and man, you, oh, everything you said, just, it, it's just making it click in a, in a new way for me, at least like, uh, engaged mm-hmm. rest is, is less about, uh, like my numbing out is so much about my, to go back to the beginning, my expectations, uh, uh, for results of like, I should be this good. I want yep. to meet this result as opposed to just knowing that God has me on a process. And then there's, there's more grace. Then there's, uh, uh, there's much less judgment on myself because yeah, I'm going to not meet these expectations at times. That's okay. And that's okay. Um, so, oh man, I just think there's so much gold there. So much gold. Uh, so I'd love to just hear your quick, uh, practical tips. Um, I know all three of us, and we could just circle around, circle around. abstract <laughs> concepts hours, for hours. hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, let's let's get to just some practical things. What? How can we? Uh, I don't, man, I even love it going through the filter of engaged rest. Um, uh, what are some practices we can do that can help us? Um, so yeah, let's, let's zoom in a little bit. Yeah. So I think like first off just going to get the very, very basics out of the way, right? At the very base, we can't do anything unless our physical needs are being consistently met. Hmm. Whoever has met like a tired, hangry Jess will know you don't get anything done (laughs) until there's enough food and enough sleep, right? I'm sure this goes for everybody else. Totally. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's like, be aware of your sleep schedule, routine. You have like, if you are able to lock down either a food routine or a sleep routine, right? Let's, let's match our expectations to reality. Do something that is achievable and feasible, set challenging, but realistic goals for yourself. Um, like 
If you can increase one hour of sleep or go to bed at a consistent time every day or wake up at a consistent time, right? Like set something challenging but achievable. It's good. good. I think the next thing too is um, if you do have the capacity to be curious, I think that there's five main areas where we may have that imbalance. So if we're going back to the idea that self-care is addressing an imbalance and neglect Mm -hmm, area, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have the physical, you have the mental, you have the spiritual, you have, um, I'm going to call it hyper arousal. And then the next one is hypo arousal. So Hmm. the idea is that all of us tend to stay in one or a few of those five spaces in order to survive stressful, unknown situations. So if you naturally, yeah. yeah. So be curious about which ones you are in. So physical is like, I experience the world through sensations. So I pursue um, like physical feelings or I, I deal with stress by being physical. And so this can be especially hard on you because you don't have those same outlets and avenues that you used to. Right. Mm. The next one is mental. You know, this is the space that I usually stay in where I neglect my body or, you know, and I just stay in my head all day. And I'm just like thinking, thinking, thinking or in feelings mm. mm-hmm. and other areas tend to get um, not as much attention. The last one is like spiritual. Do we respond to stress by like leaning into God to the point where we are like numbing out to our feelings? Right. And then the mm. last two, I know that's another conversation, but yeah. keeping it concrete, keeping it another hour. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the last two are kind of the more psych terms, but basically hyperarousal looks a lot like anxiety. You're like, I can't sleep. I have a hard time like eating, or I'm eating too much. But it's just you're you're at a state of activity or energy that is higher than your baseline. The next one is the hypo arousal, which is you're actually at a lower state than your baseline. If you're like, oh, I just want to sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't really, it's hard for me to get out of bed. I don't really want to move. It's taking so much extra energy to do the things that used to come easily. So I know. So there's, you know, everybody can be a different mix of those five, but I think yeah. just being aware of your natural tendency and then getting curious. Okay. If I live in these two or three spaces, how do I address the other two that I have been neglecting. What is one thing that I could do that does address those issues? And here's also, yeah. So with self-care, I've always felt like there's this unspoken thing of, and like even as a therapist, I sometimes feel stupid for recommending someone to take a walk. Cause it's like, really, you're telling me if I just take a walk around the block, it's going to cure my crippling anxiety or my depression to the point because I can't even get out of bed, but you're telling me to take a walk, you know? And so I think that if you view self care in the same way that you view medicine, right? Medicine is only effective if it is targeting the root ailment and the cause of the disease. In the same way, self-care tasks and concrete applications are only effective if you are targeting it towards the area that you have been neglecting. So for Mm. like practical example, like because I live in my head a lot and I neglect my like physical, me taking care of my diet and exercising is going to be a thousand times more effective than like 
taking a bath or planting a garden. You know, well, okay, that is a lie. Plants help everybody. But <laughs> Amen. Amen. I know, as, as these foliage babies in the background. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing great, by the way. I just planted, I planted a garden, a garden, last, garden last, week. last week. That's why I was I know. That was so wrong. Plants help everybody. But <laughs> um, so being able to get curious about the five states and what you're neglecting or what needs more attention and then figuring out which concrete self-care activities that you can Google or Pinterest or whatever do actually address the areas of deficiency. I think that is a good rule of thumb because I trust that we have a very intelligent community who can Google self-care ideas. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is so good. That is so good. I think that's so helpful. Like the, the part that sticks out to me is like approaching it a little more like medicine. And yeah. just that reality, of course, we know, like if we, if we take a medicine for no reason, like that's, a, that's likely to do harm or at least it's not going to help anything, but to look at actual, like, what is, what are we actually struggling with? What do we need? And and I'll just say for myself, like, man, I, I think I'm just learning in real time as we talk and over the past couple of months of just uh, my neglect of, of physical uh, that, that area for me, uh, tends to be, um, my healthiest times spiritually, mentally, emotionally are tied to that. That's so fascinating. That's so good. Uh, and sorry, last thought for me. Um, what you said earlier, I, I just was listening to a podcast cause I am a podcast guy and <laughs> I heard someone say, uh, that their therapist told them one time, uh, cause they were struggling with, with some pretty bad depression and their therapist really got like sort of narrowed a lot of stuff down and was like, you need to stop drinking alcohol and you need to exercise. <laughs> and the therapist at one point was like, if people would just start going to the gym all the time, I'd be out of a job, which, you know, is partly mm-hmm. a joke, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's just interesting. Like the uh, what you said about the walk piece is what made me think of that of just, yeah, it's so simple, but how many of us neglect some of these basic things? Back to the basics. Mm-hmm. That's, That's book, book number, number two, two, by the way. Oh, oh, thank God. God. <laughs> Back, Back to, to the basics. basics. Back to the basics. I have a monopoly here. I love this. Adam, All right. Did, did you think, did you today, think today we're, we're, we're going we to leave this conversation, leave this conversation fixed, fixed? Because I feel, because fixed, I feel now. fixed now. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to results base. I'm good. I'm I'm getting 100% the rest of my life. A plus. Uh, no, this is awesome, Jess. I did know it was going to be awesome. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. we asked you to be on this. So that that has completely met my expectation. 100%. 100%. Uh, hopefully this will give you a little bump of pride, but you, you are now part of the longest sync cast ever. Uh, so way to go. It, this was so great. So great. Um, man, I, I'm just gonna myself listen back to this. I'm hoping you guys are listening to this, that you'll be able to just sort of dig in like some of these phrases that I wrote down. I just want to think through a little more. Uh, I just think they're so valuable. And and my very, very last thought, (laughs) is we have a tendency as Christians to uh, to neglect the physical and to neglect the mental 
uh, and so often just over-spiritualize stuff. And just to remember that God has created us as whole beings, that we are all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that just, that part I think is important for us to say as a Christian community, not to ne- neglect uh, a lot of this stuff. So uh, any parting thoughts from you, Jess or Mark? This has just been awesome. I, I think, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Uh, I feel a good mix of confused, but also <laughs> oddly okay with it, but like needing to like reflect and really listen back on what we just, what we just said. But no, Jess, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for mm-hmm. you know the voice that you have in our community. There's a reason yep. why, you know, we ask you to pray. We ask you to, you know, help out on stage sometimes. And I think this is great. I also think that, you know, it, it does kind of open the conversation towards, you know, having people like go to counseling and the, the benefit of, you know, being meeting with people talking about what's really going on, whether that's formal counseling, whether that's a life group, whether that's accountability partner, whatever that is. And so, yeah, I'm just so grateful for you and what you do. And yeah, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. I know. And yeah, if anybody ever wants to get resourced, I do know of a lot of counselors that are doing telehealth right now. Like I'm still practicing and I know people who are taking clients, new clients as well. So um, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. I think two last parting thoughts is one, um, you know, the intention of this is not to feed more expectations <laughs> of yeah. how people yeah, should yeah, be quarantining yeah, yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. It's just a reminder to like give yourself grace. This information is with the heart intention of like relieving responsibilities and relieving pressure and to just like let you know that you're good enough is good enough. You know, like surviving the day is truly good enough. And, um, you know, I think even if we're in a phase right now that feels a little like ugly, that doesn't take away from like how beautiful our life was and can be again Mm -hmm. so i just hope this the purpose of this was just to encourage and kind of like help people make a little bit more sense of what's going on and if anybody underestimates the power of biological routine i would just like to say that i know this is the longest saint cast but for group therapy sessions it's typically 75 to 80 minutes and we have just hit the 76 minute mark. Wow. Fascinating. That's interesting. Uh, So good. good. Everything you said is so good. good. I'm just (laughs) blown away. And yeah, the grace piece, I think it's so, yes, you're spot on, spot on Jess. Um, What I would like to say is we definitely would love to have you back. Um, I think these conversations are so valuable mm-hmm. and uh, man, this is just so helpful. And to your last point, it is encouraging. I really think people will be encouraged. I'm encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just appreciate it. Promise that you'll come back on. I will. And I will have better. Would you rather? So hopefully we can switch up those record <laughs> <go>. numbers. <laughs> We'll mix it up. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. everybody. We We will see you next week. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 B